0: This is Wolves Weekly, with Mikey Burrows,
1: featuring the biggest names from past and present,
2: all the teams, all the talking points. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows, welcome to another episode of Wolves Weekly. I'm joined this week by the former Wolves players Stephen Hunt and Claire Hakeman, and the under 21 coach James Collins. We'll talk Derby Day glory, why Totty is one of the nicest guys in the game, how the under 21s survived relegation by the narrowest of margins, and we're at Molyneux for reaction to Wolves Women's County Cup win. But first, here's Claire Hakeman on Beating Villa.
3: It was incredible, wasn't it? I think it was a much needed win. I think having been down with yourself at Brighton the previous weekend, I think the key for me was that after that result and that performance that was really very much off, that we bounced back. And I think it was testament to the players and their work ethic and just the way that they attacked the game, we were so aggressive from the off. And I think we'd got Villa straight away on the back foot. And obviously, if you look at the game stats, we know that Villa created numerous chances. Maybe they weren't as clinical as, as probably expected in the box. But I think the way that we attacked that game really, really set the tone for the game. And I think, you know, getting those three points was massive and... Another clean sheet and the way that you look at Lopetegui's record since he's come in, I think he's done an incredible job. And the fact that we're sitting here with, you know, three games to spare, hopefully having confirmed um, staying in the Premier League is is just just excellent.
2: Stephen Hunt, how would you go from having one of the darkest days you could have in losing 6-0 the previous week to winning a local derby inside, what, six, seven days?
4: Clean sheets, first and foremost, I'm sure it would have been talked about and, and how to... Create an atmosphere that was backs against the wall, right? That wasn't good enough. I think it's fairly natural for any Premier League footballer that plays at the top. We were touching on it earlier, Josh, and they have that mindset of Warriors. I know some days it goes wrong. It does really go wrong when it does go wrong, but Brighton have been exceptional. Uh, Just get back to basics and then get on the front foot as much as possible, especially being a local derby, especially having the gap they have at the moment between us, it was a, it was a good good chance for us to go and show what we can do.
2: James, what was the place like in the last week? Because, you know, the, there is a, a feeling sometimes when you have that kind of result that everybody is there, right? Do you dwell on it? Do you quickly move on from it? That's a hard kind of balance for coaches to get right, for players to get their own mindsets right.
1: Well... Anyone in the Premier League, if you're not quite on it, can, can whack you. They can and Brighton are an outstanding team and that's what happened. What I did see from you know, from where I was that the gaffer had spoke to the players at a meeting the day after and then put it to bed. We went down as under-21s twice this week to work with them and there was definitely an extra edge. There was definitely an extra intensity to even the gaffer, how he was with them. He stepped it up. He found a, another gear. And and you could sense it. I was fully confident on Friday. We would we would go and win that game on Saturday because you could see it in them. They were hurt. You know they're, they're proud people. There's nothing better than a local derby after you've just been beat like that to go and show what it means to you. And I thought they were terrific on Saturday. Yeah. Do
2: you know there was a moment where it then encapsulates it. Pedro Neto. Because they were all on the press, right, very early on. And it was led by Ruben Neves a lot. But there was one from Pedro Neto where he ran across from the left-hand side. He he chased down two defenders, the goalkeeper, another defender, forces a mistake, the ball goes out of play, and he fist pumps into the air like a young Portuguese Stephen Hunt. And I thought, yes, (laughs) yes. This team, this entire game, hunty, were absolutely on it. And you'll give us the insight because that takes an awful lot of mental and physical exertion to be able to do that for 90 minutes.
4: Yeah, I, I think it's nervous energy within you. But the, the fear factor of not having the crowd behind you after a 6-0 defeat gets you going, it gets you on the front foot. and Like anything, any professional footballer, they have to lose 6-0 and the next week is is pretty easy to go out and... And run around, to be honest with you, because you know you're under the spotlight, for sure. And uh, Listen, are on the front front of the manager. They always have been, and it's a real shame. Obviously, the brightness will happen, but listen, the Villa game now come, and I won the local derby. James is saying it's just perfect for the morale. And staying in the Premier League, because it's a real difficult season to predict down there. There's teams winning
2: when you don't expect. Claire, when you, I uh, say, assess individual performances... Um- there were there were players in there who there there were a couple of changes and i thought totty was worth pointing out not just for his goal but um and james will give us hopefully some insight into him as well because he's come and played a couple of games for the 21s he just strikes me there was a moment in the first half where he's nutmegging one of their players inside our own half and you just kind of feel like this guy plays the game with such a kind of free abandon that is so infectious it's amazing
3: yeah, I think he was superb, but like you say, there were so many massive performances on Saturday and and you know, just opposite ends of the scale to what we got at Brighton and the fact that they all bounced back and and gave that level of performance when they would have been massively under pressure, you know, after you've lost 6-0, the criticism on, you know, online that you were reading on Twitter was massive. For players to bounce back and pull together the way that they did, get a clean sheet and a winning in a derby to to hopefully secure our place in the Premier League is is real credit to them. And I think just that, just the drive that you could see all over the pitch from, obviously, Totti, the back line was superb. I thought Kilman had an excellent game after, you know, a little bit of a wobble at Brighton. I thought Dawson was excellent. He was everywhere, just so, you know, tenacious getting up, getting in that ball. Lamina was everywhere, covering every angle. Every time you think he's out of position, he, he you know, he covers and gets a block and a clearance in and just, you know, you had a real feel and a sense that everybody was behind him. And I think for the fans to see that bounce back was just the most important part. But yeah, I think Totty was excellent. His goal was superb, wasn't it? And I think credit to him that he's been in and out of the team, but his attitude is always, from what you see around the training ground as well, excellent, lovely person. Um, And I think he was, you know, deserved his place in the team and excellent that he got his goal after the one that was wiped off, obviously, at Liverpool earlier in the season as well.
2: James, talk to me about Totty.
1: It couldn't have happened to a nicer bloke. He's... um one of the most humble people you can meet. He, Whether he's in the team, not in the team, he works at Full Pelt. He has a wonderful spirit. I, I funnily enough, I texted him on Saturday night. Just, I didn't expect a reply, just to say, you know, fully deserve, well done, and got an instant reply, a lovely long reply. I think, well, he doesn't have to do that. That's the guy that he is. And, and again, the gaffer to make that selection. You know, we've got a big squad now. Picking a team isn't easy and he got the team selection absolutely spot on at the weekend. And for Totti to get the goal early, the winner, that will have given him some real confidence, I think, because he's been in and out of the team and he's he's on the periphery of it. So it's great when you get them moments like all your hard work pays off and you get a moment like that at the Molyneux. Something he'll remember for the rest of his life, I'm sure.
2: And Stephen Hunt, it's the team selection to kind of go back to a shape which he's he's had the cost couple of weeks, which is, again, reminiscent of, of when you played in a four four two. I mean... You'd love to feature in this setup.
4: Yeah, actually I was chatting earlier about the Leicester game. They Everton played four four two and actually probably the best I've seen him play. And then obviously Wolves did it at the weekend. So maybe there is a bit of hope in it that it can be resurrected, I think. But listen, a lot of the games now are three, four, three. Everyone's really adaptable in shape. They don't they could start off the four, end up the back three. And it's just listen, for coaches these days it's forever evolving and uh you have to be constantly on the move with the formations. To have four four two being played is nice, but generally it's always adapting. And as you said, Neves was the was the one that's come out of his shape and really closed down. I think he's improved his physical fitness over the last 18 months. James will know better in terms of how he goes about it. Listen, it, it's great. Costa looks like he's out of contract, he's running around, he's on the front foot. That's telling you how football is, I suppose. And he looks like he's got the bit between his teeth and wants to go on.
2: On Neves, Hunty, um, it was his 250th Wolves appearance. Where do you think he ranks in, in that list of, of the top players, really, for the club? Because his impact over the last, what, seven years or so is hard to kind of quantify, really.
4: Listen, I, I, sometimes you go, oh, who's the best ever Wolves player? I can only judge on what I've seen over the last 15, 20 years, 25 years of known Wolves. I think he's probably top three best players to play ever play for Wolves. I know when never. it's very easy to say that now, but in 10, 15 years' time when he's gone out of Wolves, then you'll realize how good he was. You never realise how good he is. He's, he's he's really improved his physical stats now, I think, and in terms of getting around the pitch. His technical ability is as clear as as anything. And we're we're lucky to have him. This has been really selfish from his point of view. He probably deserves to go and play for Manchester United someday in his career, whether that's in two years' time or one year's time, he's still young enough to do it. So uh hopefully he stays at Wolves and know we're here talking, but he's he's he he deserves what he's getting at the moment and that's all the plaudits.
3: Oh, he's incredible, isn't he? He's um he's been an absolute pleasure to watch in the centre of that midfield since he arrived. He's just had everything to his game ridiculous goals, crazy assists, passes that you'd never even believe could happen. Uh, there were even questioned if if he means it or not, but when it's never, as you know he does, he's that kind of player, isn't he? And the fact that he's just embraced the City, I heard obviously his interview after the match on Saturday and, you know, he loves Wolverhampton and I think it's actually means what he said and his family have moved here and it's been a massive part of his life. His kids have probably grown up in Wolverhampton, so... Um, I think it'll be a huge loss if he goes, but you know we've shown that we can win without him in the last few weeks, and that that was kind of a key moment, I think. But I think who knows? It's football, isn't it? You never know what's going to happen. But I think whatever happens, he will, you know, be much appreciated and, and go off with a great send off whether he leaves or or we get to keep him for another season. Well, or... yeah,
2: this is the thing we we talk every year about. Um, surely this is the time when Ruben moves on, and I think actually there'll be an awful lot of supporters listening who would kind of quite hope that he goes on and gets the big move that he could possibly get because he deserves it and he has given such unbelievable service to the football club. It's just from someone who's worked with him day to day, James, to to see that element of, I, I get the feeling that he's really enjoyed being captain, that he's really enjoyed having that extra responsibility to lead the football club.
1: First and foremost, he's a world-class footballer. He's as good as you get out there, and 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 can play for one of the top top teams. I've no doubt about that. The pressure on his shoulders this season, and the situation we've been in, talk of him, you know, people coming in for him in January, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, he has been solid as a rock around the building. Organizes meetings with the players. When myself and Steve were down with the first team, he was regularly in our office, trying to help the club, trying to make the club. Better trying to help make get us out of the mess we were in, and I know that's his job, but he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't. He doesn't have to do the extra, the stuff people don't see. I've only been around the club the last few years, but he's as good as you get for Wolverhampton Wanderers fans to be able to see Ruben Neves every week for the last however many years. It Has to be one of the highlights of any fan's um, journey because you don't get players like that very often, and you have to enjoy every moment of them. And and he, he's world class. I'd love him to stay. But I would also love to see him playing in them top Champions League games as a coach to watch him play in them games
2: because he he's more than good enough to do it. So Wolves under-21s had a rather nervy weekend, watching and waiting as two of their closest relegation rivals played each other, knowing there was nothing they could do to secure their status. In the end... The result went their way. Tottenham won the game 1-0, but still ended up being relegated. Now, it would have taken quite a freak result for Wolves to go down, but it still ended up being a little bit nervy for James Collins watching on.
1: Yeah, it was um, tight in the end. A week or two ago, when we we had a few good results of late, we thought maybe that would be enough. I think at one point, eight results had to go against us to send us down. The first seven did. So it was it got a bit um tense at the very end but it would have took a 7-5 result or an 8-6 result for Tottenham to send us was down because any other result would have sent West Ham down so I was quite relaxed but you never know in football so it was um, yeah nice to get the job done
2: And there were kind of a couple of key moments James in the last couple of weeks since the 5-0 defeat to West Ham which was it felt so undeserved obviously the the circumstances around it with Parmian and Bjornsson being sent off and Cam Candola coming on, saving a penalty and then end up conceding five. But to to follow that up with two 5-0 wins at home and then the final game at Man City where you're 4-0 down and if you don't get it back to 4-3, you go down, right? That's a yeah. huge learning curve for the players. Uh, yeah, unbelievably. The, the whole thing's
1: been a, a massive learning curve to, to, to show the players that almost every goal, every save, every block, uh, matters during the season. You know, we lost the first game of the season seven one to Chelsea, and in the end, that could have sent us down. You know, conceding two or three late on in that game. Now you're not thinking that way on the first day of the season, but that, that's how tight it can be. That's how important every moment is in a in a football season for for these players and for them to to learn that this early on in their careers, it can only be a good thing. The five and defeat for West Ham I had to take a bit of responsibility for. I, I generally go without a goalkeeper on the bench because we have so many outfield players who need football. And it, it's worked for us for over 12 months. And that day, it, it's going to come and bite you at some point. It happened to bite us 15 minutes into the game, which is not ideal. Um, Cam came on and did a brilliant job and, and you know, we, we managed to sort of get out of it with five, which sounds bizarre. The, the turning point at the end of the season was we were 3-0 down at everton after very early on in the game and probably that's the first time at half time i've really lost it with the players and and almost given them what maybe they'll get in a first team dressing room if if results aren't going their way and it was controlled but it was you know i lost the plot with them a little bit to see how they would react and it could have gone either way at that point you never quite know young players how they will react and they reacted brilliantly second half at everton we didn't manage to score but kept it 3-0 and and deserved, uh, dominated the second half. And then from then on, they've had the bit between the teeth and, and we've got some good results. The two home results, as you say, were, were good results. At Man City, I have to say, it was a bizarre game because first half, I thought our tactics worked very, very well. And we, we decided to press them and stop them getting into rhythm. And we did it very well and, and we had just as many chances as them but they were very ruthless with theirs as you expect Manchester City to be so we were in a bit of a pickle at 4-0 we got one back just before half time and then second half we showed real spirit and and, and kept going and credit to the boys because in the end that's what that's what's kept them in the league
2: can you explain for us because there'll be people listening to this that maybe don't quite get the the subtleties of, of the job you're trying to do because Um, I know you spoke before you spoke to me before about about it's about first and foremost developing players rather than getting results. But you are trying to develop players into a certain style and system. And that obviously changed through the season. And you've got players who were probably from an even more previous system who have been coming through at the club for a number of years. So that's quite a difficult balance to to get knit all of that together when people just look at results.
1: Yeah, under-21s is a a real fine balance, if you like. A lot of um, maybe supporters and fans will see that that's... It's almost like it's televised, et cetera, et cetera. So it's about results. It's not. um, We have to put some emphasis on results because they're going into about to go into first-team environment and about to go into an environment where winning matters. Winning is everything. But it's still about developing the players. If you... I've often said we could put a team out every week that would finish in the top two or three of this league if we kept some of the players we sent on loan. And so could the other clubs. It's not just us. So the league can be a little bit of a false place because some weeks you can be playing a team that have got a load of first-team players playing. Tottenham Hotspur yesterday played. Lucas Moura was playing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Whereas you played Tottenham in the first half of the season and they're very young. So it's such a fine balance. And then... With of this first-team situation this season with a change of management. We like to mirror and, and are required, if you like, to mirror the first-team style, mainly because that helps um, the transition between when our players go and train with the first team and when they go and get an opportunity with the first team, it gives them the best opportunity, we feel, to, to, to bed in. We obviously didn't know around Christmas what the style was going to be because we had a new manager, and having spoken to the manager, he has a very strong belief in how he wants to play. But at that point, it was he was coming to win games and he would win games, whether we had to put 10 at the back, two at the back, four at the back, three at the back. So we had a good conversation around that. And we, we've sort of been left to our own devices second half of the season. But now, towards the end of the season, we've, having looked at some of the first team um, performances and... And style and system, et cetera, et cetera. We're now gradually trying to get them them to um, correlated, if you like.
2: Is it in some respects success for you this season is not necessarily staying in in the top flight of under twenty one football. It's Hugo Bueno and Joe Hodge becoming full fledged first team squad members.
1: Yeah, that, that's everything. That's it's so difficult to explain to people that you know, I spoke to someone yesterday, and we got promoted last. We got to the playoffs. Two seasons ago, we got promoted last season. We stay in the league this season. None of that really matters. It, it does to us because we're in it and we're you're competing. That's that's in our nature. Um, What matters is can we get players first-team careers for us? And if not first-team careers for us, first-team careers at the highest possible level for them and to give value to our club. You know, you look at Jai Lowe at Middlesbrough, he is either going to come back and be a... A, a strong part of our squad, or you will get sold for a good amount of money. I would imagine the way he's performed this season. Mm. Well, that that is a an achievement that that is what the job is about. Um, and then to get Hugo in this season and get um, Hodgie around it, get Dexter some appearances. You know, that's probably as much as the club has done in a lot, the academy has done in a lot of years because getting Premier League players, it is very, 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 very difficult. I, I looked at the bench for the first team. And thought, wow, like well, there's some outstanding players on the bench, not not just good players, outstanding players on the bench, for us to produce a a boy from Hall or a boy from Birmingham or a boy from Wolverhampton or a boy from wherever locally to be as good as that mm. is is an unbelievable test, and that but that's what we're trying to do, and and that's what we'll continue to try and do.
2: I had a couple of questions for you from uh, a few listeners. One was around what's the consideration around choosing between staying with you and first team football on loan for players? Is there a simple rule or is it all to do with each player? Because we've seen Nigel Lonvike, you mentioned Ryan Giles, but Nigel Lonvike winning League One with Plymouth this year. There have been other successes on loans as well. Um, How do you assess who stays, who goes?
1: Matt Jackson and Steve have a lot to do with that. Um, the gaffer initially, because the gaffer, if he wants them around and wants them in the first-team um, squad, they stay um, because the number one at that point is is who he needs for it, for his squad. Then secondly, it's individually based. Now, that can be us driving that into a certain area. Luke Kundal going to Swansea is a great example of style of club, suiting style of player. So that's a you know, very good piece of business uh, how that was done. But then sometimes it's down to does the phone get picked up and do they want you? you know, if if Plymouth Argyle don't want Nigel, there's no point us pushing Nigel towards Plymouth because he'd go there, he'd sit in the squad never play and it, it, he'd get some benefit from it, but not much. It, there has to be a balance between um, making the clubs aware of our young players, but also young players doing well enough in the under-21s to be deemed good enough to go to League One Championship, etc., to, to play their football it's difficult because last year I feel we got because of the success on the pitch, or the 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 team success on the pitch, you get clubs interested in your players. That that is what happens. They see a team that's winning, they see a team that's you know got promoted, and they think, yeah, they must have some good players, which we had. Uh, you know, Hugo, Nigel, Chem, Luke, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a fine balance and, and Jacko and Steve do a great job at that and trying to get them out at the right time is is really, really important. You, you don't get them all right because there's you know, a whole lot of luck involved as well when they go to the clubs. We we hopefully prepare our boys on and off the pitch so when they go to these clubs, they're ready and they're ready to behave in that environment. And and this season's proven probably the best we've ever had in that regard. Whoever's gone on loan has shown that, that they can do it and they've shown that they can um, cope at the level we send them to, which is, again, great testament to the academy and uh, the loan system at the club.
2: You obviously had the experience of working with the first team this season. Obviously, a lot of people are sending an awful lot of questions about individual things in it. I think the fairest thing to ask you about, really, is has it changed or had any impact on the work you're doing now, having seen those first team players day in, day out? I know you see them generally anyway because you're around the training ground, but having had that hands-on work with them, James, to has that had any impact on on the things you're doing with the next generation?
1: The short answer to that is yes. We work very closely with the group anyway, so I, know, you know, I knew the first team squad well, and they're very um, open at you know, discussing things, etc. So before I'd spent time down there with them, I knew them quite well. But then actually working with them on a day-to-day basis on the training pitch, you just get to realise the those slight differences they have that maybe under-21 players don't have that maybe you don't see from a distance. These boys are warriors. They really are. They train every day like it's the last day they're ever going to train. They train with such focus and such drive under immense pressure. And you go down and see it and witness it and be part of it. And that's a real privilege. I've said that before. It was a real privilege to see them work under that pressure and how they handled that pressure. Maybe under-21 players don't quite understand that, that they're used to playing Football for, for the fun of it almost, and you know, winning matters. Uh, but do they bring that intensity every minute of every day? No, they don't, they don't quite like the first team players doing that. Maybe is the big difference. You know, most players at, at under 21 level have got ability, they've got um, quality. But the first team players who, who get to the first team and stay at the first team, they, they are warriors. That's the best way of me describing it. Um, that doesn't mean go around smashing people, that can be, um. Just a real focus on concentration, on what the gaffers require every minute, what's, what the training session demands, what each, what the demands they put on each other. It's a joy to see, it really is. And even under the pressure we were under at the time, right near the bottom of the league, it was great to witness.
2: Tuesday night saw a crowd of more than 2,500 turn up to Molyneux to watch the Birmingham FA County Cup final between Wolves and Stourbridge. Dan McNamara's side, always the favourites for this one, but he needed a couple of goals from Amber Hughes and a late strike from Jade Cross to clinch the County Cup for the second season in a row. After the game, I caught up with Dan, Captain Anna Price, and Beth Merrick.
0: I don't think there's many people like those trophies at, at Moleus, so I'm really pleased for Anna. I think you've seen what it meant to her, um, you know, when, when she left that trophy. So it's, it's brilliant, mate. It's brilliant. It's a fine end to the season. The girls deserve it. The staff deserve it. You know, it's another trophy in, in the cabinet and, and, you know,
5: one we're really proud of. It's, it's a testament to what you've done. That you've got two and a half thousand people here. And it doesn't feel like a shock that there were two and a half thousand people here to watch this team. Yeah,
0: and listen, that's that's uh, Stylebridge included in that. You know what Andy's doing is, is is phenomenal. What you know, I think it's Andy and Andy um, are doing it. Stalbridge is amazing, and they're part of that. You know, the fact we can we can put two and a half thousand people in a stadium for a showcase like this is, is credit to what everyone's doing across the women's game. Three years ago, we was chasing these kind of trophies. You know, we we, we were getting knocked out by Cove United. We were we were missing out in semi-finals by Albion, and it hurts. Um, but I knew that one day the trophies had come. And now we're, we're, we're reaping those rewards, mate. You know, that's to retain that the second year on the run. Obviously, we missed out on the one we really wanted this year, but it's a great foundation for these girls to carry on, uh, keep going and, and keep them hungry for more success.
5: Yeah, it, it's about the level that you've got to, that you missed out by goal difference on the one you really wanted. And then I know for a fact that you're frustrated you didn't win this one, by more goals tonight that's the that's the levels that you've got to yeah and, and
0: that, that's crazy isn't it when you sum it up that simply um that we, so i was a bit frustrated with the second half i thought we could have been better i thought we weren't very clean with the ball um but listen it, i think the pressure was on the girls tonight you know the the playing in in molyneux you know which is which is the home ground if you like and they didn't really have anything to lose style and, and wolves did so uh, i thought the girls dealt with it really well um you know amber I can say it all the time. If we've got Amber for the rest of the season, I think we go on and win it. To be honest, Mikey, I think we we get the results we need because she's shown tonight what Amber's does. You know, she gives the ball around the box and she scores goals. So uh, no, I'm just I'm delighted in the end. You know, listen, it's again you probably uh, alluded to it there. It's the standards we've set now, and I'm, I'm constantly striving for for perfection, which is never possible in football, <laughs> but I'll keep striving for it. What's the plan this summer? Well, I hope we can get some time off mate I hope the girls go away and get some time off um, and I hope the staff do as well for me I, I'm, I'm back in Compton tomorrow <laughs> I'm back in Compton and we've got listen, we've got deals to try and tie up to, for players and we've got areas that we want to strengthen um, so I'll try and fit in a couple of weeks off at, at some point to, to spend with the family but other than that mate it's full steam ahead because I feel like we ought, or i am failing this football club until I get them into the championship and, and I won't stop Until someone tells me I'm not doing it anymore, or or we get over the line. Hopefully, we'll get over the line this season.
5: Anna, talk to me. How does that feel?
6: Special. Yeah, it's uh, not many times you get to play at Molyu, let alone lift a trophy. So, yeah, unbelievable feeling to lift the trophy here, and not the prettiest of games, and probably not our best performance, but we got the job done, and yeah, really, really pleased.
5: How do you assess the season as a whole? Obviously, didn't quite make it to retaining your title but you went pretty close
6: we took it to the last day um, disappointing um, but you know we've, we've got to move on from that we uh, we took it like I say took it to the last day and we couldn't have done any more on that final day of the season and it wasn't meant to be results across the season cost us um, fine margins I think at this level now we, we're on that brink of you know pushing to, to maybe get into that championship and I think it is fine margins we only lost two games all season and drew a couple, so you know it's uh, it was really hard to take. But you know tonight, special, winning a trophy, ending on a high, ready for the girls to have a break and get back together next season and go again. And you know with that playoff gone now, next season we we'll give it our best shot and hopefully do like we did in the last two seasons, but that little bit extra and go that next step and get ourselves up there.
5: Because when you look at what you've achieved this year in becoming the record appearance holder. Yeah. on the 300 club board a special evening a couple oh, of weeks yeah, ago as well and now obviously having not just this game but a couple of games at molyneux lifting the trophy yeah. this is a remarkable time for a Wolves fan as well
6: oh god i dreamt about this I like, honestly i never thought sitting in the Ball, my dad's every week watching the men i never thought that we'd be playing on the molyneux twice in one season and lifting a trophy and and we have and i think it just shows how far how far we've come, how far the club have come, the support we're getting. And this is just the beginning and just to be part of it now. And what what's to come is, is, is you know, it's very special. And I'm really proud to be able to be part of this journey. It feels
7: good. Uh, we wanted to win a trophy at Molyneux and I think it's been a long time. sort of Anyone's done that. So I think it was a, a milestone we wanted to hit. Probably not the most impressive performance that we, that we wanted to hit. But yeah, it feels good overall.
5: How do you assess the season? Overall, because you came so close to retaining your title, but to pick up this as well, does it make up for last weekend?
7: Uh, tough question. Uh, I, I would say probably not, um, and I think we'll all, we'll all reflect on it. Obviously, it's amazing to win a trophy, and we are we are happy with it. We're not downplaying it, um, but I think maybe the performance today sums up the season in a whole. I think we're ever so proud of the season, um, but to narrowly miss out like we did, I think maybe the errors that we did today probably what have cost us on this season. So we'll reflect on it, I think, and you know we we will look back on this bit fondly. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a mixed question at the minute.
5: Because do you think that you're all aware? Because obviously you live this day in and day out. But I just said to Dan, like, two and a half thousand fans is not a shock. And yet it should be because it is a remarkable thing from where the club has come from.
7: Yeah, as I said this year, you know, the growth of women's football, but not just women's football. Women's football with Wolves has been remarkable this year. Obviously, last year it was growing and growing. And this year it's just, you know, hit a, it's, just, it's just gone gone through the roof. So this wasn't a surprise tonight. You know, maybe we'd have hoped for more. Um, but obviously it's school night, being a teacher myself. I know there's SATs and important exams coming up. So it's not a surprise and it and it's the magnitude of the way that wolves are supported as a, as a club to be able to have moments like this but also the way that sort of women's football has grown to be like i, I always say like sort of if you can see it you can be it and i think that's where women's football is really hitting the nail on the head at the minute
5: yeah just finally does it mean more to you because you've grown up because you've seen other things achieved at this football club to wear that shirt and that there's a number of you are in the same position that's something really special
7: yeah it's it's huge i think you know i I never probably dreamt that i'd be be doing this with wolves when i was younger the the support wasn't quite there and i had to go move away and try and achieve things elsewhere and to be able to come back probably makes it a little bit more sweeter and obviously the way that the the club are following and moving this pathway forward with us to be able to do moments like this with the club that obviously i absolutely adore is amazing and you know I, i share i share the love and the the negatives and everything that comes with being a Wolves fan, you know, I sit in the North Bank and moments like the weekend are absolutely amazing. And then when you're travelling away to Brighton, maybe not so much. So, you know, I, I'm through and through and the, the, nothing makes me prouder than, than Wolves as a club. It's a family affair, you know, and yeah, moments like this are proud and I share that with, with everything to the older the club.
2: Let's talk about Manchester United. Stephen Hunt, how do they approach a, a game at Old Trafford?
4: Listen, we had a fantastic win against Villa, but don't forget, it can easily happen a six, a five, or six, and especially Man United losing the last couple as well. They're going to know that they're going to be, they're going to be up for it, and United need a win because Liverpool are chasing them. It's a real difficult game, but it's a game that Wolves will look at and think, right, okay, they're going to come and attack us. Can we catch them on the counter? Can we actually be clever in our position? And what's the first outlet we have? Is it Neto? Whatever the first pass is key when we win the ball back. listen, it's an exciting game, difficult game, may I add, but one that we're on the back of a win, we can go there and play.
2: Is Manchester United Uh, as difficult a proposition at Old Trafford as, as they have been in the past, do you think?
4: No, they've lost that intimidation factor for me. Sure, and you can quickly lose it. Liverpool lost it for a while this year where teams were attacking them, but you can gain it back through results and... Wolves will be confident going there and being on the break. I think I think Wolves will look at it as a as a real free shot, a real free hit. But the manager will be keen to state that anything like Brighton ends will be the same again. Man United are capable of scoring four or five.
2: Because Claire, there is a, a an element, isn't there, about finishing the season strongly now, having having set the tempo and making sure that Brighton was just a blip, and that you know you can set momentum that will carry them into the start of next season.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think that the Brighton factor hopefully will mean that this season won't fade out. I think we, you know, we can't let that happen. People have, you know, paid for their travel, their tickets, and they want to see some kind of performance. And I think that's what we, what we've got to give the fans. But I think the fact that the pressure hopefully will be off completely. Hopefully they can go and enjoy their football. I would hope Lopetegui would use this as, you know, a, a way to see a few players maybe playing. Maybe might see a little bit of rotation. I wouldn't think masses, but I suppose it depends what's going to happen in the. Some who may leave, who may stay. Um, so I think it will be testing people out in different uh, formations, positions potentially. Uh, but I think the key thing for me is we go and we, we give a performance. I think Man United are actually under a lot of pressure there to go and get a win. They've had a couple of bad results and uh, they're still very much in contention for Europe. So they can't really afford to do anything but win. So I think we have to go and make life difficult
2: for them. Do you test things out? Uh, because that's a difficult balance. Because I, I mentioned this to Tomo at the weekend, and and Tomo was very much of the view, like, no, you know, you you've got you you've got your setup now, you go for it. But I think there are other people who would who would be on your side, Claire, who would kind of go, well, yeah, let's let's have a look at players who might be fighting for their place to to prove their worth to stay in the summer, who might. Um, who, you know, let's face it. Who might be looking for a move elsewhere? Who wants to to prove for differing reasons? Hunty, where do you stand on this? Do you do you pick a team that's going to be the team for next season, or do you keep going with what you've got and just change in the summer if, when, when you want to?
4: Let's spot on. The manager has a bigger picture to see. Right, we're safe. Who who can I trust next year? Who can I put in? Who who out of the twenty ones? James has gone now. Obviously, who can I bring up to have a look at? And then. You're right. Who's paying the money to go and watch them play? The fans. It's hard-end money. We can't just turn up and, and roll over and lose and go home without whimper. I think it's a game of trying to find a balance, trying to bring one or two into the squad without making it a Mickey Mouse game to a certain degree. And it's not as Manchester United to play. They arrive at Old Trafford. Well, no, this is a great opportunity to to play on a big stage. It doesn't come around very often, even if they have played there five, six times it doesn't make a difference. You still get that buzz of going into a big ground, big atmosphere and a United team that are under pressure and ready to ready to kill to win to a certain degree. the Champions League, their rivals are chasing Liverpool, so massive game.
2: Yeah, is there, is there part of that, Claire, that um, Wolves can actually go and enjoy that a little bit because sometimes, look, there was a, a strange one where in a lot of games where we've had around 60% possession we don't actually tend to do that well because it generally means the other team have scored first and we're we're under pressure to try and push them back whereas um we've had certain games where we've had less than 40% possession and won the game and looked quite good doing it so they might be won't mind too much if they don't see much of the ball and they can hit on the counter
3: yeah 100% I think it's finding different ways to win games isn't it and you can definitely see that from the way the stats look you wouldn't probably see that we've won the games that we have along the way but um, I st- I think it's an opportunity to go to to Man United. We, you know, we've won there before. So, but also giving players that are maybe new to the Premier League a bit more, a bit of an experience because it's you know it's a hell of a place to go in terms of the atmosphere and the you know the capacity. The crowd will be on top of Man United to go and get that win. So you think of Sarabia hasn't played for a while. He's new to the Premier League. Um, in effect, will will he go and get some minutes? He hasn't played for a little while. You've got Jao Gomez, obviously young, absolutely full of energy. Be a great opportunity to get him some minutes, but also in a in a massive game that will test out his you know composure in situations where it's a you know very competitive fixture. So we're not talking about a full rejig of the team that means we're going to throw in loads of the under twenty ones and give a load of debuts out you know a full rotation. But I think it's giving people different experiences and having a look how our people sitting there. But I think the Wolves have just got to keep going with the you know, the forward plan for next season and obviously we don't know that, but obviously Lopategi in his mind, his coaching staff will have a forward plan of what might be happening for next season, who may be here, who may not be. Obviously Ainori yeah, got back on the bench, didn't he, at the weekend, so whether he gets you know, some match day minutes that are probably much needed as well. So I think it'll be a really interesting game. But I think the, the key for us is we go there, we compete and, you know, we make life difficult for Man United and hopefully we, we sneak some points home with us as well.
2: If I asked you for a prediction, not necessarily score, but whether Wolves will win at this point, where's your gut telling you?
3: I, I, you know what? I, I would not be so wholly surprised if we get went and won one nil. We've been very good at being compact when we've when we've done well. Not let's let's forget about Brighton away, but you know when we can we've been compact. Everybody was on their game last week. I thought Nunes was excellent as well. I don't think he's had much of a mention. I think he really stepped up in that game. So uh, I, I, I want to go one nil Wolves and, and go positive. I, I think we'll take something from the game, whether it be a point or hopefully three. But who knows? The pressure will certainly be on, and I think Manchester United are going to do everything to try and get those goals at home.
2: See, Claire, like Andy Thompson, is never going to ever predict anything other than all's result. I let's sit, let's <laughs> see if Stephen Hunt has the 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 more Lee Naylor view on these type of things and be a bit more
4: balanced. <laughs> I have two or three coffees a week with Lee Naylor. He's beginning to rub off on me. I think. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? So I, I look at the United backline. Can we add? a little bit more pace to our front line and catch him on the break and try and score some goals I think Wolves will score against United I think they look vulnerable I think the keeper is caught in two minds whether he's going to leave Manchester United or stay I think he's probably not happy with the contract talks that are going on at the moment and it's reflecting in some of his performances so I actually think Wolves will score just can we keep him out 2-2 what what I'm going to go for and one of them ding dong battles of up and down basketball matches that we get so many times in the Premier League at the moment.
2: Thanks for listening to the all-new Wolves Weekly from Wolves Radio. Don't forget to give us a follow at Wolves across social media and all the very latest is at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.